0: Mix it up, use whipped cream, sugar, munt fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. First, here's a word from today's sponsor Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage. That will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, they've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four week kit of emergency food that will save the day, probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day, the right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's prepare with blackandwhite.com.
1: You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for from Black and White Sports 2. Let's talk about
2: one of the greatest San Francisco 49ers of all time. You guys know we cover the Niners on this channel a lot. So make sure you hit subscribe if you are interested in really any football content, USFL, XFL, NFL, or Cowboys, Buccaneers, 49ers. you got it. Patriots, of course. They just traded for Devontae Parker. Interesting little trade. But this is about 49er great and NFL great. Frank Gore, Frank the Tank, the great Frank Gore, by the way. Man, I was really looking at his statistics when I saw this. I started to go back and look at individual seasons. Man, Frank Gore should get, absolutely get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, man, put up some extraordinary numbers in his career. And I do believe part of being an NFL Hall of Famer is some kind of longevity. I do think that's that's part of the equation here. Sure, you have some all-world talents like Cal, you know Calvin Johnson or somebody like that, Megatron, that just put up absurd numbers in seven or eight years and you just have to put them in. But then there's those guys that just keep their legs churning and Frank Gore was one of those dudes. Well, Frank Gore is coming back. He's coming back to retire on a one-day contract with the San Francisco 49ers. Frank Gore is ready to retire. This is Michael David Smith at PFT. Gore said he expects to sign a one-day contract with the 49ers soon, formally announcing his retirement, and then hopefully work for the 49ers in some capacity. Probably in a couple of months, we're trying to figure out when I'm going to do a one-day contract to sign and do my retirement. I told Jed York, That I always wanted to be a Niner, so we're talking on that right now. And we're going to sit down with me and my agent on working on something in the front office. Good for Frank Gore. I love looking at talent. Love evaluating talent. I love ball. And they know that I know football players. It's what's supposed to take to be a football player. Make him a running back coach, for goodness sake. He's one of the best. Gore's retirement is no surprise. As he turns 39 next month, didn't play at all this last season. His longevity far exceeds anyone's expectations, but everyone has to retire sometime. Gore was selected in the third round in the 2005 draft. He played 10 years with the 49ers, three with the Colts, one each with the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. Finishes his career with exactly 16,000 rushing yards, third in NFL history. And I did go back to look, and, I mean, it's ridiculous. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine seasons of 1,000 or more yards rushing, and there were five seasons of eight or more rushing touchdowns in there. Throw in the fact that Frank had just shy of 4,000 receiving yards and another 18 touchdowns. I don't personally, I don't ever think it's been a question. Frank Gore should go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, There's a couple that'll go in. Adrian Peterson is the other one, right? Uh, Bring him on. Put him in as as a running backs coach. Something like that involving the Niners. And, of course, he should immediately this season be put into the uh, 49ers ring of honor, for crying out loud. Uh, He suffered through some bad 49er teams, but kept his head down and kept churning his legs, which is all you can ask out of a good running back. we got to remember, Frank was around in the not-so-good Alex Smith days. The one different offensive coordinator after another day's. And he was the offensive force on this team for, what, five, six, seven years? Frank was the guy, right? Uh, So, yeah, absolutely. He should go into Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know that he should be in first ballot, but he should get in. And, of course, he should go immediately to Niners Hall of Fame. So... Tell me what you think. Black and White Sports 2 fans.
1: Peace out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
2: I'm back, Rodriguez, for Black and White Sports 2. We've got breaking news involving one of my favorite times of the year, the NFL Draft. It is coming, the extravaganza, on a Thursday night. It starts the first round. And then, of course, Friday night, rounds two and three. And then Saturday, a glorious four through seven extravaganza of NFL Draft picks. Well, and, of course, all the fanfare that comes with that. Anyway, the Eagles and Saints are already positioning in this draft, and it seems the Saints may have an eye on a quarterback, but I'm not going to rule out the Eagles on a quarterback either. Although this article tends to want to, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. They've got certainly the the draft position and capital, even after the trade, to take a flyer on one of these quarterbacks, okay? Now, for full disclosure... Kenny Pickett is my guy coming out of this draft. Very similar to somebody like Mac Jones from last year, okay? He is very, very close to being NFL ready and much more athletic than somebody like Mac Jones, okay? So he does have some mobility, and I think some of these quarterback needy teams are nuts not taking this guy. I'd take him in the top ten. Personally speaking, does he have a smaller hand situation? Sure. But he's accurate. He played a ton of games. Okay, he sort of fulfills the old thing that Bill Parcells used to say. He wanted a certain amount of starts out of a quarterback. All right, his his arm strength is strong enough. No, it's not Brett Favre, okay? It's not Patrick Mahomes. But this is a guy that can come in and likely start. Uh, go through training camp, mini camp and, and go, okay? Go out there and potentially groom himself into somebody like a Derek Carr, like a Kirk Cousins, somebody in that, uh, you know, 9 to 16 range in the NFL, a guy that's, uh could win you some games and maybe a Super Bowl on the right team. All right? Matt Corral's out there, not as high on him as somebody like Chris Sims. Um, Malik Willis, total project. Okay, everybody's fired up for him, but total project. Uh, in much the way Trey Lance is a project. You know, even Justin Fields is not uh, as raw as somebody like Malik Willis. Eagles and Saints swap several draft picks, including the 2023 first. Saints have added an extra first round draft pick in case they want to target a quarterback in this month's draft. Saints acquired two first-round picks from the Eagles on Monday and a major swap of assets. The Eagles sent 16-19 and 19 and a sixth, number 194, by the way, to the Saints for the 18th overall, a third-rounder, a seventh-rounder, and a first-rounder, and a 2024 uh, second-rounder. So next year they get a 2023, too. Uh, So, and the Eagles still have, by the way, the 15th overall pick they got from Miami last year. Now, automatically, people are talking about this is so the Saints can draft a quarterback. Jameis is under a two-year deal. You know, should they take a flyer? Yeah, uh, they certainly probably should. Could they get Kenny Pickett around that 16-ish range? Possibly, but I don't think he's going to be there. Okay, I think somebody's going to select Kenny Pickett as a top ten pick in this draft. I do. Okay, quarterbacks are just that sort of a needy animal, right? And we know that quarterbacks can get overdrafted. But i got to be honest with you. I'd have been high on Kenny Pickett last year. All right, I would have had him ahead of Trey Lance, ahead of Justin Fields. All right, so I would have had him as the fourth best QB in the draft. Matt Corral. Has some potential. He does. I don't want to shit all over the kid. He's got a strong arm. I hate that offense he played at Ole Miss in. Kenny Pickett played in a pro-style offense. Matt Corral uh, didn't, and that's a big deal to me. It was a big deal when Mac Jones was coming out. And I was so high on him, that offense makes a difference, in my opinion. So... um. But they could, with Jameis being under a two-year deal, they could draft a guy that they could bring along slowly. But do not rule out the Eagles taking a quarterback in this draft. They got Gardner Minshew. Personally speaking, I think he should be the starter on the Eagles. Not Jalen Hurts. Not a running back who happens to throw the ball. Sorry, Eagles fans. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback in the league. That's just my opinion. I mean, and I'm not against a mobile quarterback. I mean, certainly, you know, I like Lamar Jackson a lot, to be honest with you. Um, And a lot of people want to throw Patrick Mahomes in that. Patrick is more of a scrambling quarterback when he absolutely has to. There's not a lot of run design there, whereas Lamar is a running quarterback. You get my point, anyway. But people have gotten this notion and got into these running quarterbacks, and they went wild over them when, in all actuality, Patrick's only won one. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have not won one, period. And uh, Tom Brady still won one year before last. And Matt Stafford, although not unmobile, he's not what you consider a scrambling or running quarterback either. And he just won one. So you get my point. I think there's been a little bit of an overreaction. And guys like uh, Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett have been brought down in value think it's a bad idea to do that my personal opinion anyway tell me what you think black and white sports 2 fans a trade for the nfl draft looking forward to the draft this year looking forward to see where these quarterbacks go peace them out
1: till next time you're tuning into black and white sports on YouTube. youtube the no holds barred truth on sports The main event starts now.
2: I'm back. Roadrance for black and white network. Well, we're going to talk about transgender Leah Thomas again. I understand this is the network channel and not the sports channel, but it's going to be issues like this. That's going to begin to affect elections around the country. Um, Look, again, we're talking about very young people being affected by these kind of things happening in ultra-woke, liberal environments known as the colleges and universities around the country today. Very quickly, I want to say thank you for all the support. My father did pass away. Uh, Rest in peace. I am doing what I know he would want me to do, which is go back to work. Go back to work. Grind. Work your ass off. That's what my father always did. Ninety-one years old, saw a lot of life. Uh, I love you all for the support. Uh, So, anyway, when you start affecting young people, okay, people that still have active parents involved in their lives, which you will have when it comes to things like sporting events, like swimming, okay, like the Olympics, and then you have things, of course, like what's going on in our classrooms around the country. Well... You're going to start seeing election swings, okay? And look, if we want to take take back the White House for sure, uh, outside of making sure there's no ir- irregularities going on involving elections, we also have to be aware we have to get the independent vote. You have to swing the independent vote. And we need to flip states, okay? We do. Um, and this is affecting Colorado. So these kind of things are going to start affecting elections in the way they did up in Virginia involving children, right? And in this case, older children, right, that are in colleges. Colorado state races have trended Democratic since 2006, with the lone exception of Cory Gardner's U.S. Senate victory in 2014. But a Republican running for Senate this year told Fox News Digital that the transgender sports issue... Best typifies by NCAA swimming champion Leah Thomas may prove vital in turning his mostly blue state red in 2022's midterm election. Ellie Brimmer, a former Olympia who joined the effort to reform the U.S. Olympic Committee in the wake of Larry Nassar's abuse scandal, said the transgender sports issue can flip the tables on Democrats, quote, War on Women rhetoric. He faulted Senator Michael Bennett in a Democratic color from Colorado for not getting involved in the effort to pass reform bill S twenty three thirty, even though Bennett serves as the co chair of the Congressional Olympic and Paralympic Caucus. A spokesperson for Bennett's Senate office contested that the claim that Bennett efficiently fought for women after the Nassar scandal noting that Bennett voted in a voice vote for S-2330 and pointed out to a separate bill the senator had co-sponsored at the time. This is a lethal issue for Michael Bennett because historically Democrats have said Republicans are the ones that don't stand up for women, but the tables are completely turned now. Brimmer toe Fox News Dig- Digital, I am a Republican who helped lead the efforts to end Abuse in the Olympics, and now I'm leading on this issue. Michael Bennett refuses to stand with women, the Republican added. This could be a defining issue in the November election. Bennett supports H.R. 5, the Equity Act, which expands federal civil rights protections to the people who identify as transgender, including the arena of sports. He commemorated the Transgender Day of Visibility last week. And there he is with the tweet. Bremer described the issue of transgender identity as a tsunami coming in, noted that schools across the country have started to encourage boys and girls who have expressed confusion about their gender to embrace a transgender identity. My God. Gender centers centers reported several thousand percent increases in youth presented. Gender distress. Leah Thomas, who won the 500 yard freestyle competing against women at the NC 2A championship last month, had competed as a male before competing against women, and he was ranked 462 in men's swimming according to Thomas's female teammates. "Quote: I think most Democrats know this is wrong," Brimmer told Fox News. "The left is looking more and more absurd when they come out and say Leah Thomas has no advantage." You can't deny that a biological male has advantage, especially post-pubescent. Quote, I will say federal legislation should be based on biology, not identity. The candidate insisted. Bremer said that his campaign's internal polling suggests that pe- people, quote, viscerally understand this issue. And the vast majority of Republicans and unaffiliated voters agree that males who identify as transgender women should not be allowed to. Compete against women in sports. Even, quote, about half of Democrats said they had a problem with it, too. Okay, so, that right there tells you this is going to be an issue now in elections, okay? Local elections, state elections, House, and eventually presidential elections, okay? Again, you're talking about an issue that's going to swing elections. And, um... In the same way that we've seen with CRT in Virginia, okay? Uh, When you start affecting young people, all right, um, and people will say, yeah, but these these NC2A participants are adults. Technically speaking, they are. But many of them still live at home. They're going to college in some cases on their parents' dime or their parents are chipping in, and their parents have spent thousands of dollars for them to be among the best in their state and in the country in their sport. And Leah Thomas has come along as a biological male and destroyed all that hard work for the women and the parents. Okay? And that's going to be an issue going forward. Plus, we don't want any outside entities coming into our family bubble. Right? Influencing that. And that's that's the point. Okay? We, we raise our kids up. In our family environment with our values and and our, our you know, our value set, our, our morality set. And we don't want that to be corrupted, okay, by some ultra-woke liberal Democrats. And that's what's happening right here. It's starting down at the school level and it's going up. And this Leah Thomas issue has crossover all over the place in the schools, high school, colleges, I mean, it's going to be down in junior high before we know it. That's just a fact. And states that historically might vote blue are going to start looking at at voting red over issues like this. Look, there are strong, strong feminists that have come out now. And like in the CRT issue, like with the parents issue... There were lifelong Democrats in that Virginia election that voted red because they don't want even their own Democratic Party that they had supported, they don't want them people in their children's, in their private household, affecting their children, in the schoolroom, making decisions. So they flipped. They they are voting Republican now. We need those voters. Okay? Plain and simple. We need them. Uh, tell me what you think, Black and White Network fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Baker, Baker,
1: Baker. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back.
2: Roger Ants for our black and white sports. Let's talk about the Washington Commanders and Dan Snyder. Uh, most Commander slash Redskins fans, look, they're always going to be the Redskins on this channel, plain and simple. Well, uh, it seems that the Redskins may have been exposed for a plot, a scheme of sorts to take money out of the pockets of fellow NFL teams that, well, weren't... It wasn't the commander's money to take. It was these other teams' money. And this may finally, if you're a commander fan, this could be a great day because this may be the thing that finally gets Dan Snyder out of ownership in Washington. Good grief. This is is pretty bad for the Redskins. The House Oversight Committee received information that alleges the Washington Commander's kept ticket revenue that is supposed to be shared with other NFL teams, sources told front office sports. According to the NFL bylaws, all teams are required to pass along 40% of ticket sales from each home game minus ticket handling charges and taxes to the league, which then disperses the funds to visiting teams. At least one person gave information in recent weeks to congressional investigators that alleges that commanders didn't pass along the full 40%. percent to sources with knowledge of the investigation told front office sports. Yikes. NFL, by the way, uh, declined to comment, and so, of course, did the Washington commanders. Now, Florio did a follow-up on this as a league source with knowledge of the dynamics among owners, told PFT this could be Dan Snyder's death knell as an owner if proven true. There also would be an effort to force Snyder to make his payments, whether through the court system or internal arbitration. NFL teams don't keep all of their ticket revenue. They don't directly share any of the money with each given game with the opponent. Instead, 40% of the gate from every game goes into a league wide pool that goes in equal portions to all teams. Home teams deduct 15% of the total ticket revenue for expenses. Basically, it is a 66 34 split share of the gross 60 40 split net. So if this is true, Snyder got 132nd. Of the 40% payments generated by the other 31 teams. But here's the kicker. He failed to pony up all the 40% that he should have been given to his partners. His partners have protected him when it comes to the investigation regarding workplace misconduct. Indirectly, they are protecting themselves from having similar allegations threatened on the hold on their franchises. If it can be proven, he has been picking his partners' pockets his partners quite likely will be kicking his ass out of the house. Nice wordplay, Mike Florio. Anyway, so essentially, let's just be real, Snyder would have been, no other way to put it, stealing money from his fellow owners after said owners had been covering his ass for his toxic worst workplace misconduct. You know, the entire investigation that the cheerleaders were involved with, the Bruce Allen emails, the emails that got leaked, somehow the league office in their investigation got those emails and then John Gruden lost his job. Yeah. All of that, these owners, including Jerry Jones, by the way, who's got his own problems right now. Jerry Jones has been covering Dan Snyder for a long time and vice versa. Well, now he potentially, according to this report, could have been picking their pockets. If that's the case, Maybe Redskins slash Commander fans will finally get this asshole out as the owner. Now, of course, you've got to be afraid that you may end up with an owner like Jimmy Haslam after the fact. I mean, man, there are some god-awful owners in the NFL. Maybe they need a clean house there, along with the commissioner. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. I'm back, at least some, for now. Rest in peace, Dad.
1: Well,
0: black and white sports fans, the women's national championship game in basketball is tonight. It's going to be UConn, who seems to always be in the championship game or winning the national championship. They're going to be playing South Carolina in this game. And one thing that you will not see at the beginning of this game, if you're going to watch the national title, South Carolina will not be on the basketball court for the national anthem. Why, you may ask. Well, you have to go back to 2020 protesting racial injustice or whatever you want to call it, because they did this in their uh, semifinals matchup at the final four over here on OutKick. South Carolina women's team stays in locker room doing national anthem at final four. I can't believe they're still doing this, guys. But check this out. Ahead of Friday night's Final Four matchup against Louisville, South Carolina's women's basketball team opted to stay inside their locker room as the National Anthem played ahead of the matchup. Louisville was present for the anthem, shout out to them. Meanwhile, South Carolina and coach Don Staley claimed that their decision to sit out the National Anthem both at home and away games this season has become their ideal messaging to counter racial discrimination assumed of their nation. Really? This is ridiculous at this point. How is it that you're going to be out here in the United States of America and you're not going to be on the court to honor your country? This is the greatest country on the planet, folks. And what have we seen from these uh, teams and leads that took a knee protesting. What happened? It alienated fans. Nothing's changed. All they are doing is alienating fans and disrespecting the country. And you can uh, see right here, uh, Mark Aber tweets out, not sure why South Carolina wasn't around for national anthem. And you can see right here, one team is on the court. South Carolina should be up here somewhere. And they're not on the basketball court. This is utterly ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. This is just so crazy that this is still going on right now. You still have athletes out there that want to disrespect this country. The greatest country on the planet. Not perfect, but we are still a country that can unite, that should unite. Under our flag and our anthem. Our flag represents. Freedom. For all Americans. We are the freest country in the world. But yet. You're still going to have. Woke athletes out there. And teams. That don't respect the country. Now. South Carolina. It's not a private school. This is a uh, state funded school. So. I don't know why they're being allowed to get away with this. They should be on the court. Respect the country. They're just going to tune, tune people out on this. And UConn, I'm pretty sure tonight UConn will be on um, the floor when the anthem is played. I don't believe they've actually taken a knee or anything like that. I don't know if Gino Emma gets into that, but uh, this is crazy. Staley told um, Anscapes' Sean Hurd that her team's directive to stay in the locker room tackles inequalities that the team sees within college basketball. What? Opposing teams choose to play the anthem during the time we're in the locker room. Then we choose to stay in the locker room. I hope they get blown out tonight. I really do. UConn is... You know, they're always in this thing, even though they had a lot of injuries this season. But I think South Carolina is still the favorite in this game. But I'm hoping that UConn blows them off the court. Now, this isn't really an all time great UConn team. A lot of injuries, but I hope that they win. I have no respect for teams that disrespect the national anthem and disrespect the country.
1: Tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Well, Black and
0: White Sports fans, if you are a Lakers fan, it's over. It's over, guys. The Lakers, they actually played today without LeBron James. And they were actually playing the Denver Nuggets, who are light years better than them. So check it out. Lakers lose again. As LeBron James sits versus Nuggets with ankle injury, play-in hopes fade further. And actually, guys, it's pretty much a wrap. It's completely over. The Lakers will not make the play-in tournament. And honestly, guys, they should really just consider shutting down LeBron James. Now, I'm pretty sure that they won't. They're probably going to wait until they're actually fully eliminated from the play-in tournament. But, guys, it's not looking good because look at the standings now. The Lakers, sixteen games under five hundred. The Spurs, two games up in the lost column, with only five games remaining. And essentially, guys, that two game lead in the lost column is really three, because if the uh, the Spurs and Lakers tie with the same record, Spurs have the tiebreaker. So they're going to need a lot of help. The Lakers they pretty much need to win out, and they need to. The, uh, The Spurs just to crumble. That's probably not going to happen, folks. It even mentions this here about the Lakers remaining schedule. Now, the Lakers have not won two games in a row in almost three months. Now, look at this schedule here coming up. It says, with a brutal schedule to end the season, that includes matchups against the Suns. That's a loss. Warriors, that's probably a loss. And another meeting with the Nuggets. The Lakers playing odds seem incredibly grim. And because the Spurs own the season tiebreaker over them, the Lakers are actually in an even bigger hole. Yeah, and actually, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, they didn't play particularly bad. Now, Anthony Davis had a minus 10 in the plus minus. But the Lakers, yet again, Defense was their problem. They allowed the Nuggets to shoot 57% from the field. You're not going to win many games like that. And some people may say, well, they didn't have LeBron. No, even with LeBron, they have a losing record and LeBron James doesn't defend. LeBron James has been on video, not even trying on defense sometime or even trying to get rebounds. This is a wrap. This is a wrap. Actually, I was looking at a stat. I believe when we were on Sports Wars earlier today, I think Jeremy brought up that um, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and uh, LeBron James, they've only played something like five games together or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is. But when you don't play together and your top three players don't play, you're not going to be very good. You're not going to be very good, man. This is... Embarrassing, folks, 129 to 118 and the Lakers actually led in this game. They did not a comfortable lead, but they did lead. But in the fourth quarter again, hey, they got outscored. But this is not really much of a surprise. Jokic had a big game. I believe he had something like 38 points, uh, 16 rebounds. He was a monster in this game. But guys, that's going to wrap it up, man. What would you do if you were Rob Palenka, Frank Vogel? Would you just go ahead and shut it down for LeBron James? It's getting close, guys, because that ankle injury, like I said, is not going to get better. He is 37 years old. He's not 27. And LeBron James's tenure with the Lakers really has been injury-filled outside of 2020. He's getting old, guys, but that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? black and white sports fans the Lakers fall again and it's not looking good the most embarrassing season in Laker history is coming to an end and it's going out with a whimper not a bang anyway guys let us know what you think about all this in the comments make sure you subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time
1: thanks for watching the show Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. All right, Black and White
0: Sports fans. We're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick took the maze and blue game at the university of Michigan and made it all about himself. He took the spotlight from college athletes. Nobody was talking about the uh, spring football game. Have you guys noticed that all of the attention was given to Colin Kaepernick and he had his throwing session against no defenses, just throwing around, making some passes didn't really mean much to me, man. When you throw throwing with no defender coming at you, that doesn't say much. Now, the great Roger Staubach is like, what, 78 years old? He can still fling the football in his 70s. He ain't jumping on the football field. And I believe that should be that should be the same thing with uh, Colin Kaepernick. I don't believe he can play anymore. But Kaepernick, after that throwing session, comes out and he wants to return to NFL slavery. Remember, this is the man. That compared the NFL to slavery. He wore a Kunta Kinte shirt. So he is essentially Kunta Kaepernick. But let's look at this. Colin Kaepernick makes direct appeal for NFL return at Michigan spring game. I can help you win games. Okay. We're going to dive into uh, some of his numbers here. Also his win loss record as well. And let's go ahead and let's play this clip here because. After the uh, throwing session, Kaepernick had this to say, and maybe maybe that Nike money is drying up. Maybe that Netflix uh, money is drying up, so maybe that's why he's, why he's actually trying to go back to the NFL because he truly may not believe he's actually going to get a shot. Then he can just play the victim once again, and then he'll get more money. That's the way the griff works. But let's listen to uh, Kunta Kaepernick here.
3: Coach Harbaugh, he's always been phenomenal for me. Um, from the time we, we met at the Combine, my pro day, uh, to him drafting me and choosing to start me. And you know from there, our, our relationships continue to grow and develop. So phenomenal person, phenomenal man, a uh, lot of love for Coach Harbaugh.
2: And what does it mean after all these years that he has you come back here, be an honorary captain, and put on that throwing exhibition as well?
3: I mean, it, show, it shows who Coach Harbaugh is. You know, he, he does this for me. You know, he's someone that he's going to fight for you. And his, his relationship with you goes beyond just football. He, he loves you as a person. Uh, so my relationship I've maintained with him, his dad, Jack, uh, and his family. So, oh you know, it's, it's phenomenal to be able to reconnect in person after, after the pandemic and a few years apart. And how
2: are you feeling out there? Do you think you could still play NFL football today?
3: Oh, absolutely. We can still get out there sling it. Um, you know, really getting out here today for the exhibition was to be able to show that I can do that. It was one of the questions that my agent kept getting was, well, it's been five years. Can he still play? So we want to make sure that we come out, we show everyone I can still play, still throw it, uh, and really just looking for an oppor- opportunity for a door to open. Uh, to have that be a pathway to be able to get back in there, get a starting job and uh, lead a team to a championship.
2: And that's your message right there. But if there's an NFL scout, any member of an NFL organization watching you today, what is your message directly to them after the years that you have been off the on the off the field? What is your message to NFL teams?
3: That I can help make you a better team. I can help you win games. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know right now the situation Likely won't won't allow me to to come in step into a starting role. Um, I know I'll be able to work my way to that though, and show that very quickly. So, to the teams that have questions, uh, more than anything, I would say, you know, I'd love to come in for a workout. I'd love to sit down with you, and have that conversation about how I can help you be a better team.
0: So this guy just begged for to get back into NFL slavery. <laughs> Maybe Kaepernick has that uh slave mindset, but he says that he can help teams win games. Ladies and gentlemen, we know that Colin Kaepernick actually did make it to a Super Bowl with the 49ers with um Jim Harbaugh as his uh as his head coach. But if you look at Kaepernick's uh win-loss record, especially the last two years in San Francisco, oh boy, it is bad. 2015. A two and six record 2016, the last time he played, one and 10. This dude went one and 10 as a starting QB, but he says, I think, um, I can help teams win games. And for his career, folks, even with the one season where they went 12 and four, Colin Kaepernick is two games under 500 he is a 28 and 30 starter and the last time we saw Colin Kaepernick here now the only um the only good thing that he had from 2016 was that his touchdown to interception ratio was pretty good 16 and four but that was all the way back in 2016 now look at this His yards per attempt, Colin Kaepernick, 24th in the NFL. Now, I don't really care about the passing yards because um, he only played uh, 12 games, 16 game season. So kind of kind of a little bit uh, more difficult to to justify that. But 6.8 yards per attempt. 24th in the NFL. Kaepernick also. If you want to use ESPN's QBR and guys, you got to remember 50 is average average by ESPN's QBR, Colin Kaepernick, 23rd in the NFL, a 49.2 QBR below average. He's not even average below average. Now the regular NFL rating, Colin Kaepernick here, His uh, rating, this this is actually the best one right here, 17th in the NFL, 90.7, 90.7, completion percentage. Where's Kaepernick at? Where is he at? Oh, my goodness. 26th in the NFL, 59.2, not very good, not very good at all, but Hey, Cap says uh, he can help. He can help teams win games. Well, one in ten. The last season you were in uh, San Francisco, and I, I said it before, guys. Quarterbacks make the difference in the team. He didn't make much of a difference there. His last couple of seasons in the NFL, Kaepernick went three and sixteen as a starting quarterback. Three and 16. Let that sink in, folks. I just gave it the numbers there. And he's willing now to take a backup role because if he does get an opportunity, I believe. And there's probably some sucker team out there that will try to give him an opportunity. Probably. I mean, the NFL behind the scenes is probably desperate. To get Kaepernick back in um, the NFL, because I believe that Kaepernick probably saw that Brian Flores a lawsuit. Claiming racism and we know that the NFL does not want to look racist at all. That's why they're, they're having racial based hiring now. Kaepernick probably saw that and said, wait a minute, hold on. I probably got an opportunity now. Brian Flores opened up the floodgates now. And we know guys Kaepernick can't play. A backup at best. And he's even said now he's willing to be a backup, but he had an opportunity to be to be a backup. Uh, he, he didn't want to do that. He had an opportunity to stay with the 49ers. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to opt out. Ravens were gonna sign him. The Broncos were gonna sign him. He had that workout. Changed the location. Didn't tell the NFL um where where he was going. So nobody told him. Now he's playing the victim. Now he's back in the spotlight yet again. Boy, Kaepernick is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic, man. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And
1: we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriguez for Black and White Sports. Well, we've got
2: more controversy surrounding the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. You know, that team that Megan Rapino plays on. Carly Lloyd, the teams that kneel for the National Anthem. Virtue signaling teams. There's been controversy involving Hope Solo and Megan Rapino, Hope Solo came out, slammed Megan Rapino because Megan Rapino was talking about how brave, stunning and courageous the gender settlement, equity settlement was and Hope Solo came out and said, "No. Nah, there is no such settlement. Not only that, but sort of talked about her being a bully about pushing her Megan Rapino that is being a bully and pushing her social justice narrative on the people." Well, Hope Solo is in trouble, okay? She's in trouble now involving her kids, and it's somehow, some way, after she goes out and does this rather despicable thing involving her kids, allegedly, you always got to throw that in there, but allegedly, she is now coming out defending her parenting skills. And I'm like, wait, what? How are you going to defend this? How are you possibly going to defend your actions? Yeah, well, we're going to get to this story because uh, it's, pre- it's pretty crazy. I mean, what is it with this, this soccer team? It's crazy. Does anybody just, just live a cool life, go out, play soccer, call it a day, go back home? Hope Solo defends parenting. This is the New York Post. After alleged DUI with the kids in the car. Yeah, there's our mugshot right here. Yeah, Yeah, mother of the year uh, has shown up. Uh, Former U.S. women's soccer star Hope Solo has defended her parenting of her two-year-old twins, insisted that she is, quote, giving them the best life possible amid outrage after she was arrested for an alleged DUI in North Carolina with her children in the car. I, I, I don't know how anybody can condone this, but okay. Solo, 40, who was found last week, allegedly passed out for more than an hour behind the wheel of a car in Winston-Salem, shared an update on her children on Saturday. Quote, Our family is strong and surrounded with love. Our kids are strong, intelligent, happy, and vibrant, and we are present every day giving them the best love possible, Solo wrote in an Instagram story. The Olympic goalkeeper said she was able to share more about the circumstances surrounding her arrest in due time. Again, there's the mugshot. Quote, in the meantime, our kids are enjoying the NC Sun, North Carolina, eating popsicles and playing on our property. She said, life can be tough, but these are truly the moments that matter. I feel blessed to have this kind of love in my life. Solo was arrested on charges Thursday of driving while impaired, resisting a with a public officer, and misdemeanor child abuse. Good Lord. According to an arrest warrant, A passerby noticed Solo passed out behind the wheel for more than an hour with the vehicle's engine running and two kids in the back seat. My God. Solo said she would be able to share more about the experiences in due time. A responding officer detected the smell of alcohol. The warrant said Solo refused a field sobriety test and her blood was withdrawn instead. Solo wed her husband Jeremy Stevens. They've had some issues. A former tight end for the uh, Seattle Seahawks and Tampa Bay Bucks in 2012. They've got twins. Solo's attorney Rich Nichols had previously released this statement on Friday, on the advice of counsel. Hope can't speak about the situation, but she wants everybody to know that her life, her kids' life uh, that she was released immediately, and now she is at home with her family. That the story is more sympathetic than the initial charges suggest. Really? Okay. And that she looks forward to her opportunity to defend these charges. And look, we don't know exactly what happened here, but it doesn't sound good. I don't know how anybody could listen to these charges. You potentially were driving intoxicated in a car with your children. You were passed out. I mean, it doesn't sound good no matter how you cut it, okay? That's not Mother Teresa, Mother of the Year shit. It's just not. And again, what is it with the U.S. women's soccer team that they all have some kind of drama, some kind of weirdness? They're either a social justice lunatic or they potentially got their kids in the backseat of the car while they're drunker than Cooter Brown's cousin, Lulu Brown. My God, this is crazy. Sports has... Everything in sports has went nuts. Of course, we're here for it. We're here to cover it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Tell me what you think about this craziness
1: down in the comment section. Wow. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into... Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance, for our
2: Black and White Sports, we're going to talk about LeBron James, woke James, China James, balding James, LeWreck the Lakers franchise. James, as he has been exposed by Lakers legend. Magic Johnson. Magic has come out. He's peeled back some layers prior to the season. And it's clear LeBron James is certainly one of the worst general managers ever. I said when they acquired Russell Westbrook, when he wanted Westbrook on the team, this was a terrible move. It was one of the worst moves in the history of all moves in any sporting franchise, in any sporting league. There's only one basketball to go around, and you bring one of the most historically inefficient players ever to join your team. And you really thought this was a championship elixir? You've got to be kidding me. Well, he has now been exposed by Magic Johnson, we know, Laker great, winner of multiple NBA championships, Hall of Famer. And much like the NBA, LeBron will end up leaving the Lakers in much worse shape than when he found it. Let's be real. Because now you don't have any of your young talents you once had. Brandon Ingram? Gone. Kyle Kuzma? Gone. Alex Caruso Gone. And you could have had DeMar DeRozan. Wow. Wow. 28 points a game this year. The Bulls are 12 games over 500, while the Lakers toll away, what, 11, 12 games under 500? You're not even in the play-in game anymore. It is an epic meltdown for the Lakers of monumental proportions. Let's get to this because Magic Johnson has exposed you. LeBron James deserves the blame for DeMar DeRozan not being a Laker. Magic Johnson wanted the Lakers to pursue DeMar DeRozan in the offseason over Russell Westbrook. The Lakers legend was discussing this season's roster makeup Monday during appearances on ESPN's morning shows Get Up and First Take. After giving praise to the Lakers' leading scorer, LeBron James, Johnson said the franchise face is to blame for L.A. passing up DeRozan, who signed a three-year, $82 million deal last August via a sign-and-trade with the Spurs. Quote, the blame he's got to take is the fact that DeRozan ended up in Chicago and not with the Lakers. And listen to this, Laker fans. DeRozan wanted to play for the Lakers. And when I got the call from his agent, Aaron Goodwin, I called the Lakers and said, hey, DeRozan wants to come home. Quote, we could have made that deal, but when Russell and LeBron started talking, that's when they nixed that deal and went with Westbrook. Wow. If you signed DeRozan and you only trade Kuzma for Buddy Heald, we would be playing in the Western Conference Championship this year with those two guys. DeRozan is from Compton, California, and, He's a native, attended USC for a year before the Raptors took him at number nine in 2009. Wow. Of course, we know Westbrook went over to the Lakers to try to form a big three, and it has been one of the worst acquisitions in the history of all bad acquisitions. I called the Lakers general manager, Rob Palenka. DeRozan wants to come play. So then I got out of the way. I went on vacation. And the next thing I hear is, we're, gonna sign DeRoz- we're not going to sign DeRozan, but trade for Westbrick. Wow, Johnson said on first take. They had the Buddy Hill trade already done, then backed out of it. You have DeRozan and Hill. Then you could have kept Alex Caruso and KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Those guys are defenders. They're on-the-ball defenders, and we're competing for Western Conference Finals. Wow. Hild was rumored to be heading to the Lakers from the King in a deal that centered around Taylor Horton Tucker. Caruso signed a four year, $37 million deal with the Bulls, so he went and joined DeMar DeRozan. And Westbrook is the highest play- paid player on the LA roster, earning $44 million. My God. Of course, they're trying. They're trying. To trade Westbrook Now, DeRozan said last November, I felt like I was going to the Lakers, that the deal was done. And we were going to figure it out. I was going to come home, DeRozan told Yahoo Sports. The business of side of things just didn't work out. A couple of things didn't align. It didn't work out. It's just part of business, part of the game. That my next option was definitely Chicago. So looking back, it all worked out well. So there you have it, Laker fans. LeBron James did not want DeMar DeRozan to be his running buddy, but instead he selected one of the most inefficient NBA players in the history of the league, Russell Westbrook. And the Lakers are in absolute shambles. Nightly, it's a new embarrassment. They're out of the playoff chase as of right now, out of the play-in tournament. Absolutely, positively pathetic. From LeBron James. Magic Johnson just gave up the good. The, the, legend, the legend has come out, just gave up the goods, and tells you all you need to know about LeBron James. And before you know it, and I contend this, he's plotting his way out right now, too. Because that's what he does. He comes in, fucks up your franchise. If you're lucky, you got a couple of compliments good enough to win a title. Because, you know, he can't stay with one team, his original team. But then when he's ready to leave, he leaves the franchise in shambles. Wow. Wow. Magic Johnson gave up the goods. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm
1: out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. tuning into black and white sports on YouTube the no holds barred truth on sports the main event starts now all
0: right guys so we're going to be talking about Warriors head coach Steve Kerr here in this video as you guys know Steve Kerr is one of the most outspoken uh, coaches in the NBA alongside Spurs head coach Greg Popovich Steve Kerr is definitely a leftist his politics do not align with me whatsoever. This man is super duper woke, man. I'm talking about extremely woke. And he actually wants to violate your constitutional rights because this is what leftists do. Now, as you guys know, there was a mass shooting in Sacramento yesterday. And the Warriors were actually playing the Sacramento Kings, and Steve Kerr addressed the shooting. Now, check this out. Steve Kerr once again calls on lawmakers to take action after Sacramento mass shooting. Now, this is definitely a tragic event, but I do believe in the Constitution. I'm in the great state of Texas and Texans love guns. We have constitutional carry here. I can walk out of my house right now, go down the road, purchase a weapon, and that'll be that. But not the case in California. Well, Steve Kerr once again has advocated for stronger gun laws, even though he's in California, by the way, and California probably has the strictest gun laws in the country. But let's go ahead and listen to what he actually had to say about uh, this incident where life was lost. I believe six people were killed, but let's go ahead and roll this clip here.
4: It's just devastating news. Um, And I know we'll have a moment of silence uh, before the game um, and I, I'll be honest I think it's the right thing to do to have a moment of silence but I'll be honest it's probably the ninth or tenth moment of silence that I will have experienced as coach of the Warriors when we um, mourn the losses our our uh, people who have died in in mass shootings so I don't think moments of silence are going to do anything um at some point, at some point, our government has to decide um are we going to have some common sense gun laws? It's not going to solve everything, but it will save lives. And you know, several years ago the, the House passed a background check law, HR eight, sponsored by uh, Mike Thompson, a congressman here in Napa. Uh passed the House with bipartisan support. Um uh, Never made it to the light of day in the Senate.
0: Okay, so let me stop it right there. So Steve Kerr wants the government to violate your rights to bear arms. Because think of this, guys. The shooting that happened in Sacramento wasn't by law abiding citizens. You want to know why? Criminals are going to do criminal things. And you will suffer for it if you buy into what um, Steve Kerr is saying. I believe that law abiding citizens should have their right to bear arms and you need it to protect yourself. Check this out. Sacramento shooting. Multiple shooters sits dead. Stolen gun recovered at scene. So one of these people stole a gun. But yet Steve Kerr wants to violate your rights to bear arms. This is wrong because no matter how much legislation you put out there, if you enact stricter gun laws, criminals are still going to be criminals. Whereas you the law abiding citizen, you may not have nothing to protect yourself. Look at this over here. California has toughest U.S. gun laws after Sacramento shooting. What else can lawmakers do? The toughest gun laws in the state or in the country, I should say, are in the People's Republic of California. It says here, they banned high capacity magazines and cracked down on assault weapons. They made it so Californians have to pass a background check to purchase a gun and ammunition. They prohibited buyers from having ammo or ghost gun parts shipped directly to their homes. When it comes to gun laws, California's legislators have passed some of the most stringent regulations in the country, checking off nearly every box on National Gun Control Advocates' wish list. A mass shooting early Sunday that left six dead and 12 wounded just a block from the Capitol, the very building where these laws were enacted, immediately prompted new calls for legislation to curb gun violence from California elected officials and gun control advocates across the country because they want to disarm you, the law abiding citizen, whereas criminals are still going to be criminals. When will, when will woke lunatics like Steve Kerr realize this, that criminals will be criminals. You don't need to suffer because criminals want to do criminal things. This man really should just stick to coaching, man, because these left this man, they just want to violate all of your rights. I'm so glad that I live in um, Texas where we have constitutional carry. I'm so glad But if Steve Kerr was out here, he'll be telling the government, take his gun away. He's a law abiding citizen. Take his gun away. That's what he wants to do. This man is a complete idiot. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Do you agree with Steve Kerr that more gun laws and more restrictions need to be put in place? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. How about this? In California, how about this? Prosecute crime. California lets so many criminals out because they don't want to prosecute crime. That's a major problem over there in the People's Republic of California. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time.
1: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
0: All right, guys. We're going to be talking about Undisputed Shannon Sharp here in this video. Shannon Sharp is in some hot water right now. He is in some hot water for for a tweet that he actually put out. Ladies and gentlemen, you, you guys see what the prices are at the gas pump. You guys know that inflation is way, way out of control. And the majority of people out there are feeling the effects of this. Now, Shannon Sharp, he's pretty rich. This man made millions and millions of dollars playing in the NFL. And he made it to the Hall of Fame. Now he sits opposite Skip Bayless on Undisputed, making millions of dollars a year. This man is well off. Is he being affected by inflation and high gas prices? I'm pretty sure he is, but not to the level of the average everyday American. I'm pretty sure, based on the money that Shannon Sharp makes every year, that this is pretty much just a blip. Now, I don't know for sure, but based on his salary, this is a blip for him. But these rich elite people out there, like a Shannon Sharp, like a Joyce Decay from Star Trek, they hate your guts. They hate your guts, and they're willing to let you suffer for it. Check this out. Shannon Sharp faces backlash for a tweet championing twenty dollar a gallon for gas over having Trump as president. Now the reason why this all came to light is because. Shannon Sharp actually uh, put this tweet out here. He says, "Anyone knows someone hiring that owns a gas station, you get a discount if you work at an establishment. Do people still siphon off gas? It was a thing when I was growing up. as you can see here, Shannon Sharp spent one hundred and eighteen dollars on gas for about seventeen and a half gallons. That comes out to like six seventy five a gallon. That is a lot of money to be spending. Now, the average everyday person probably can't afford to spend one hundred and eighteen dollars on gas. Now, Shannon Sharp, I'm pretty sure he probably drives uh, a premium car. Maybe I'm not sure, but we know he lives in L.A. Now, he's getting a lot of backlash because uh, check this out here. Somebody actually asked him here. Shannon, do you still hate Trump after he put out that tweet? And this idiot put out, I'd rather pay 20 bucks a gallon than have Trump in office. Hope that answers your question. He put this out, folks, because he hates your guts. He is perfectly okay with letting you suffer because he can afford $20 a gallon. He doesn't care about that. He's not going to put any blame on Joe Biden. None of these leftists are. They're not. Joe Biden is ruining ruining this country, but Shannon Sharp, rich people like him. Now, Shannon Sharp, I believe, made uh, something over 22 million during his NFL career. He makes $3 million a year from Undisputed, across from um, Skip Bayless. And I'm pretty sure he has other income streams. He has his own podcasts. I believe he has a YouTube channel, if I'm not mistaken, too. So he is well off. Now Shannon Sharp, he talks about his bat story. This man came from pretty humble beginnings. He, was, he grew up pretty poor with his grandmother. I'm pretty sure when Shannon Sharp was growing up, there's no way in the world he can afford $20 a gallon. And I'm willing to bet that 90% of Americans can't afford that. But Shannon Sharp, rich, he can. This man is so out of touch. So out of touch. He's getting roasted for this, folks. He's getting roasted for this. Look at uh, some of the people out there on Twitter. Nit Searcy says, this is what a rich, rich ass kick, ass kissing uh, leftist like Shannon Sharp are really like. They don't give a damn about working people. No. Greg Gutfeld from Fox News. Lucky you. Chris Barron. Oh, yes. Shitting on the poorest to own the Trump supporters. Jeff Carlson, literally the Democrats 2024 campaign slogan. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're telling you, hey, it's worth it. It's worth it because the orange man is bad. And also, you know, Joe Biden's out there telling you, well, you can't afford gas. Well, go out and buy an electronic vehicle like a Tesla, which those things started like fifty eight thousand dollars a year. You can't afford it. But Shannon Sharp can. Another person here. Easy to to say when you have millions. Gary Sheffield Jr. from OutKick, the statement makes sense if you have millions of dollars. Given the average American makes roughly $45,000 a year, I don't think this opinion holds up around the country. Hence the approval ratings uh, both CNN and Fox News agree are in the gutter. And there's more people here too, guys. This is insane. This is insane, man. Shannon Sharp. Oh, we all know he's a crazy leftist. We all know that. But for a man from such humble beginnings to come out and say this now, when a lot of people are out there suffering and Shannon Sharp, you know, he likes to race bait. I'm pretty sure black people are being affected by these high gas prices, but he doesn't care because he hates the orange man. He hates you. He hates the orange man, but he hates the orange man more. So he's willing to let you suffer. Think about that guys. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans, NFL hall of famer, Shannon Sharp. This is a typical leftist move. They hate your guts and we'll see what happens in the midterms, but projections are Democrats are going to get blown out because they are destroying this